Hey guys, what's up? It's Aiden Jones here. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday the 30th of January. Oh, didn't even look at my phone calendar for that one. Fuck, I'm getting good at podcasting. Um, what? Oh man, alright, first of all, my fan's running. I hope you can't hear that. It's running on low and it's pointed away from me. But I just need some air circulation in this room. It's been fucking brutal. In Melbourne, the last few days, I mean, I had someone explain it to me very well today, actually. Um, I was talking to this dude, Will, that I work with, and he was saying his house is an old double brick house, so it heats up, so the first few days of a heat wave, he gets the reprieve, you know, because it's like, it's nice and it holds the cold air, but as soon as it heats up, it's like a fucking oven, man, and that's what my room was like. Sunday night, one of the worst sleeps I've ever had in my life. Um... <clears throat> Even with the fan on me, on full, and uh, I was, like, naked and on top of my covers. I didn't even, like, get inside my bed. Um, And I had a wet shirt, like, draped over me. I had to change the shirt. Like, I had to re-wet the shirt, like, three times throughout the night. Ugh. And I just woke up in the worst fucking mood. I'm so glad that it started raining. Yesterday I walked for like 15 minutes in the rain and I didn't even care. I was just so pumped that it was raining. Oh, that was brutal. But um, what's been going on, man? Other than that, it was a pretty good weekend. I uh, On Friday I went to the Australia Day March. That was sick. I'd never been, I realised I'd never been to a protest before. I think, I'd, like I've been saying for so long, for like legit months, ever since Triple J decided to change the date, I was like, I'm going to go to the protest and... Uh, I get the the difficulty of being a protester, man, because it's hard, like, to, to organise those things, because it's real hard to actually get people out of their fucking houses, man. Like, it's hard getting people out to comedy, but uh, sometimes people will just walk past on the street and see there's a show on or whatever. No one, like, stumbles upon a protest and decides to join in, you know? Um, and I told one, two, three, four... I reckon I, I reckon there were four people that the day before on the Thursday were like, yes, I will come to the protest with you. And uh, in the end, three of those people didn't come. And one of them, Phil, came for a bit and then had to work after half an hour of being there. So, like, imagine... Oh, and it's crazy, though. Like, I don't know how many people turned out, but there was a shitload of people. We're at the... Um, we went to Parliament House. We got a coffee first. And then um, sat at Parliament House, watched some of the speeches. Uh, the one speech that really... I mean, none of them really got me. That Fuck, man, they really need to get some better speakers at some of these events. Like, okay, some of them were alright. Um, the one... The, probably the best guy was some dude. And no, I don't know their fucking names. <laughs> That's brutal, isn't it? You're a community leader. You're supposed to be... Uh, shouting out like a call to action for all the people who love your cause and no one knows who the fuck you are even the people who went to the protest i don't know who the fuck those people were anyway um the one guy that really caught my attention was this dude who was uh just had like a big ass beard and i think he might have been aboriginal like part aboriginal but he uh when he first got up i was like who's this white armchair professor speaking at an indigenous rights rally but anyway um, he started speaking real quietly, and me and Phil were both kind of laughing to each other, like, oh, brother needs to speak up a little, huh? I uh, can't hear what he's saying. But he kind of crescendoed through the speech, you know? 
Um, and that was just... I realise now that that was a good technique, but at the time it did, like... It caught my attention because it made me listen harder because I wanted to hear what the speeches were about. And um, I'm just marking that kind of in contrast to, like, there was one chick who was, like, younger and she got up and she just started screaming from the start. She was just like, We don't want to change the day! We want no Australia Day! This country was built on the death of And, like, I wanted to agree with her. Like, I did agree with her. But at the same time, I was, like, very aggressive. I'm I'm at the protest, you know what I mean? Like, you're acting like, like... I feel like when you yell at me like that, I feel like I've done something wrong, which I guess I have, but fuck, I'm trying to support the thing, you know. But then again, I guess, who do you yell at? Like, that's probably the most appropriate time to yell. I don't know, it's weird, isn't it? Like, you want to feel the passion of someone up there. Like, when the old dude was up there, I was like, why isn't he passionate? And then the young chick got up, and I was like, oh, too much, too less. <laughs> Um, I guess I'm just a very picky audience in my protest. I mean, I've never even been to a protest before. Fuck. I'm like someone who goes to a comedy show with a mate who does comedy, and then they go back to their work, and they're like, have all these ideas about pullback and reveals and fucking joke structures and shit. It's like, shut up, dude. You went to one show. That's me with protests right now. I'm being a... That's just my privilege showing through. I'm being very entitled in my views right now, and I just need to check myself before I move forward in a healthy and progressive manner. Sorry, everyone. Listen, uh, the protest was sick. It was good. I had a good time. Oh, yeah, the, the thing that got me was someone did say at one point, because I'd kind of... Uh, I was having a, a text conversation with a friend beforehand who's, like, w like, deep into the socialist movement in Melbourne, and she was saying... Like, I was saying, why can't we just move the date but still have it be Australia Day? And she was like, no, I disagree. I think it should be a different day on a different date, but also be, like, you know, a different day about something else. And I, I was like, oh, I don't know. I, I like Australia Day. But then someone in a speech said, why does Australia deserve, like, we don't deserve a, a national day, you know? Like, what have we done to deserve it, like, other than kill people, you know? Um, I don't know if I'm, like, 100% on board with that, but, like, it's... I, I understand, man. Maybe we should be, maybe we should ask Aboriginal people what they want for the day and then do that. I feel like I might have talked about all this last week anyway, but I, I had the experience now, so, I, you know, <laughs> I almost went into, like, the the ironic, lispy voice then. I've had the experience now, but I decided not to because I'm trying to engage in a positive way. And it's f really taxing. It's very emotionally draining to try and engage with something... Ugh... Why can't I just go back to wearing a cork hat and drinking VB on the 26th? Fuck. I took that red pill, bro. There's no going back. Um, so I did that, and then... Uh, what did I do Friday night? Oh, I just went and saw Arnie Donner. Arnie Donner, fantastic. If you get the chance to see those dudes in any festival, comedy festival this festival season, oh, fuck, their new show is going to be so great. I didn't even go... Like, they're... they're a comedy group that I'm like, I see them around enough and I kind of see bits and pieces of their stuff that I would never go of my own volition, you know? But Phil had free tickets, which it turns out it was a trial show, they were all free tickets. But anyway, Phil had the free tickets and so we went because of that. And I'm so glad that I did because their show was so good. They got so many new sketches and all their ideas and it all kind of runs through with this theme of it's like uh, they're 
just acting out all these scenes to do with high school and things that you would remember from high school and whatever. It was very, very funny. And we snuck some beers in a stupid old studio. I'm very sorry about that. They were homebrews, and when you open them, about half of the beer kind of squirted out onto the floor. So for anyone who had to clean that up at stupid old studios, I'm very, very sorry. Um, but we did buy one cider each beforehand. I've, I'm actually reticent as to whether I want to leave that in on the pod because that is kind of disrespectful. Oh, I'm sorry. Fuck! I'm a bad boy. Anyway, after the weekend, man, I haven't... This is brutal to realise that I'm actually proud of this, but I haven't had a drink in two days. Because <laughs> I did that on Friday night, and then we went out to a... A uh, party. We scoped out a party in Abbotsford. Went to that. I was at that until I probably got home at like three in the morning or something. And then uh, Saturday, I woke up. I had breakfast. I had a nap, right? Because breakfast was tiring. And then I went to a Triple J Hottest 100 party on the Saturday afternoon. Got drunk all day at that. Got home. Was in bed proudly in bed before midnight on Saturday. Um, but still hung over on Sunday, but I didn't drink on Sunday and I didn't drink yesterday on Monday. So I'm all, I'm like two and a half days sober, you guys. Do you just get, do you get a second chip on the second day or is it just a one, one day chip? I'd, I'd have a one day chip from AA right now. And I'm honestly very proud. A girl on Tinder a few weeks ago asked me, um, I said something about, I, I was drinking last night and the night before or whatever. And she goes, how often do you drink? And I was like, oh... Most days, <laughs> it's all days. The answer is all days. Literally every day, I drink at a show of nah. It's it's a good week if I have one day where I don't have a single alcoholic drink, and that's fucking brutal. I didn't say that to her. I couldn't do it. I was like, we haven't even met yet. You don't know that I'm silly and funny. <laughs> <laughs> that would totally be... I could see that being a deal-breaker for pretty much anyone on Tinder. If, if someone asks how many days do you drink, and you say all, <laughs> that's fucking brutal. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I've, and I've, I've made a concerted effort as well. It hasn't been by happenstance that I've not drank on Sunday and Monday. I like have turned down drinks on those days. And I'm very proud. I might try and go until I want a drink. <laughs> uh, we'll see. I won't drink tonight, and then it'll be Wednesday, and then we'll see what happens. But I'm feeling good. I had a, I had a soda water yesterday. I bought a soda water with lime in it. For fu- That'd help if bars would make fucking... Um, if bars could just make like, post-mixed drinks a little bit cheaper, that'd be a cool gesture. Because a fucking soda water, like a pot of soda water, at, where was my gig last night? At, uh, Bar 303 in Northcote. I'm calling you out! Bar 303? Four bucks for a pot of soda water. Fuck you! Seriously? Buy a fucking soda stream and they're free. I don't know why I'm so angry. It's not really that much. But four bucks is a lot of money, man. For real. Like, come on. <laughs> then again, I guess they got money to make. They're not invested in me and my drinking problem. <laughs> but they should be. Because it's your problem that I can't control myself. It's very funny. There's a lot of anger on this week's podcast. Why am I angry? Let's get to the root of this. 
I uh, I think I'm upset because yesterday and today have been shitty days at work, and uh, I had this sentence come into my head yesterday that I think I'm committing to. I really don't know how much hospitality work I have left in me, to be honest. I've been working in bars since I was 18. I'm I'm 27 next week, and I just fucking hate it. And I'm no good either. I'm no good at it. Like. This new job, which if you have been listening for the last three or four weeks, you will remember I was excited to start, right, when I started it. Um, I'm already on thin ice (laughs) working in this cafe. And keep in mind, this is a cafe that I lined up to work in. I trialed there a year ago. Me and the owner got on real well. She's lovely and she's my age. So, like, there's a, a social connection there as well. And in three to four weeks, I've, um... I've I've lost all of that, like, kudos that I started with, and I've uh, continued the slide down to now. I feel like if I wasn't finishing up at the end of next week, I would probably be getting fired soon. That's crazy. I just, today, like, it felt like everything I did, I just, I, I fucked up, you know? And then I started getting stressed and putting more pressure on myself, and then I fucked more things up, and, um, I don't know, man. I'm like... I can't multitask, like, I'll try and, if someone tells me, like, put something in the toaster, I'll put it in the toaster, and then I'll go do something else, because I'm not going to stand there and look at it while it toasts, because you know what they say, a watch toast never toasts, (laughs) it boils, actually, if you watch toast, it boils, and vice versa with pots, (laughs) if you toast a pot, no, what, (laughs) if you boil a pot, it turns into toast, hot tip, if you're ever poor and you don't have enough money to afford bread, but you got some spare cooking, like cookware, white goods or whatever the fuck you call pots, <laughs> try and boil one of your pots and it'll turn in a, a nice fresh round of toast. Ah, <laughs> oh, tip from the top. <clears throat> so if someone tells me to toast some shit, I'm not going to sit there and watch it. I'll go do something else. But then I can't think of those two things at the same time. So I'll just forget that the thing's toasting and it'll burn, you know? But it's been at the point, it's at the point now with this job where, like, I've been at jobs where I've been, like, safe in the employment, you know, like the cafe in London I worked at for two years, right? And I saw new people come and go, and you can tell, like, everyone starts at zero. Pretty much everyone starts at zero. Sometimes you just get a bad vibe off someone. But normally people start at zero and you've got to work, you know, you've got to, like, get up to 10 where your job is completely safe or like negative 10 is fired and you see people kind of slip back and as soon as you get say you get to like negative three negative four suddenly everyone just thinks of you as the person who fucks up so everything that goes wrong even if they don't verbalize it they're going oh fucking negative three dickhead did that they're down to negative five you know and uh there's one chick who's my manager at work right now um She's kind of in charge of the day-to-day runnings of the thing. She's not the owner, but she thinks of me like that. I can 100% tell. So, like, I'll ask... So, I don't know why the toaster is the example that I keep thinking of, but today I asked um, the owner to put something in the toaster because I was doing something else, and she did it, right? And then, like, in my mind, I'm like, that implies that it's now, like, I'm giving the responsibility to her, you know? 
um, and I kept making coffee on the other side of the cafe. And then when the thing, it was a croissant and it burnt, and the manager chick was like, Taco, you put this in here and you let it burn, you've got to keep eye, like an eye on that shit. She didn't get angry, but it's those kind of little discretions that, like, discretions? Indiscretions. Fuck-ups, let's say. There's those little kinds of fuck-ups that add up and that keep you just pushing down towards that, that negative 10 firing point, you know? Um, yeah, just every little mistake that I make now, I can tell it's scrutinised, and I'm just... I'm on the slip, man. I can feel it. I've been fired from enough jobs to know what it feels like approaching a fire, a firing. And uh, this is 100% what it feels like. And that's what I mean. Like, I just don't know how much longer I can go getting hospitality jobs. Like, how much more? It's humiliating to sell yourself as someone who's worked in hospitality for a long time and can do everything and, like, you know, to get a job like that, you've got to walk in confident and go, yeah, I can do this. And it's humiliating to then a month later have them look at you going like, dude, I thought you knew how to put bread in a toaster, but evidently you really oversold yourself on this one, fuck boy. At 27 years old, I can't put bread in a toaster. To be fair, it's not just a toaster. It's like a flat, like a grill. And uh, the grill lifts up, so you put like several things in there. So there really is a lot more than just toasting bread to consider. And it's actually quite a learned skill that I, I'm confident a lot of people wouldn't be comfortable with because it's quite difficult. And, uh, and you know, it takes a certain kind of uh, mentality to really pick that skill up. You've got to want it, you know? And I don't fucking want it. Fuck hospitality. I think that's why I'm in a bad mood, you know? Um, oh, that's what I was going to do, actually, this week, is, uh, um, because I was doing, what, the idea that I had last week was to do, um, to do, fuck, what's the word? Like, sponsorship. Like, I want to have, I want to have the workers' food room in Flagstaff in Melbourne be my sponsor for this week, and it's sponsorship black blackmail, that's right, because if they don't... Workers' Food Room, I petition you. Rona and the crew, you guys should sponsor this podcast. Because if you don't, then when I get back from the next two months' worth of gigs that I've got, I'm going to need another job. And whether I want to or not, I'm going to find myself in front of the counter there asking for my job back. And I'm going to fuck up just as bad, if not worse, than before. Because I'll be older and more cynical about this shitty kind of work that I'll be doing. And I'll fucking spill uh, a hopper's worth of coffee beans because I didn't know that the hopper didn't hold the amount that was in the bag. I'll do that again like I did yesterday. I'll fuck up coffee orders. I will put in little to no effort remembering the names of your regulars. If you hire me again, or you could just sponsor the podcast, and then I won't need a job, right? I can just have the income of you guys sponsoring, and as a reward for that, I won't come in and, and, and pretend to care about the fucking work that I'm doing in your establishment. That's so shit, man. I do care so much. I want to be good, and I just am not good. The chick who's been in Australia speaking English for four months... It's higher up on the pecking order than me. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's exactly true, but fuck, the manager hates me so much. <laughs> I can tell, like, five times today, she just wanted to punch me in the face. <laughs>
And I was just like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I'm an idiot. <laughs> oh, but they're good people, so they won't fire me until we've agreed that I'll finish. God damn it. <laughs> I'll probably leave all of this laughing in too because I'm having a great time. Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, Alright, what else? Um, oh, it is my birthday next week, man. I'm excited. Am I excited? Oh, this, that. Um, if you were listening a few weeks ago, you remember I... Um, if you weren't, I'll tell the story again now anyway. I uh, was talking to a girl on Tinder, and we were going back and forth about music, and I decided to get a, um, I decided to buy for the two of us tickets to Loyal Kana, who's like my favourite artist right now, for uh, Feb 6th, which is the day after my birthday. Wink, wink, give me some birthday messages if you're listening to my podcast. Message me on AJ Taco. God, that was very desperate, wasn't it? Message me or don't. You don't have to do anything. It's your own life. Live it. Anyway, I bought us, I bought me and this girl on Tinder um, tickets to Loyal Kana, which were 56 a pop, and I was like, what if we don't like each other when we meet up? And she was like, oh, it'd have to go pretty badly for us to not like each other so much that we wouldn't go to a show together as mates. And I was like, yeah, totally, I'm in. And she gave me a money-back guarantee. She was like, if we don't get along, I'll pay for the ticket anyway, because I was like, yeah, I'm putting your name on it. So I was like, cool, and then we met up, and then uh, I think she invented that her friend was in a car crash to leave the date after four hours. I can't be sure, but that's what she said, and I'm like, it sounds very contrived, whatever. And uh, I messaged her two days ago to be like, you still keen to go to that show? No response. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I got if, if anyone knows Petra Gilliam... <laughs> I'd uh, I'd love to hear uh, a, a like confirmation yes or no on the show because otherwise I'm gonna have to call up the ticketing agency and get them to change the name to Blake Freeman so that my uh, housemate and best buddy Blake can go with me instead. Um, I'm excited for that though. That's on Tuesday and then my birthday's on Monday, Feb fifth, and uh, my other best mate. I guess I got two. Isn't that pathetic? Um, my other my other best mate Phil has. Um, told me that he wants to do an episode of this pod with me. He's going to buy me a bunch of, like, craft beers for my birthday. And uh, and we're going to, like, go to his place, sit in his room, and just try a bunch of craft beers and uh, and just talk shit. I'm very excited about that. That's, like, his present from uh, to me from him. So expect that. I might have that on the pod. Uh, if we get to do it in time, it'll be next week's, or if not, it'll be the week after. Um... Other than that, though, I don't really think I want to do anything for my birthday, man. 27, I guess it's the 27 Club, but I think that's just something that people have invented to, like, give significance to the age 27, because it's really a nothing age, you know? It's like, once you're 28, that's on, you're on the home stretch towards 30, which is kind of terrifying. But 27 is like, whatever. 26 has been my favourite age so far, though. I'll probably talk about this with Phil, so I won't go into it too much now, but fuck, 26 has been dope. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Um, what else was I going to talk about? I'll save that 26 stuff for when I'm talking with Phil. Last night I started watching Rosehaven. 
Um, I've been meaning to watch that show for the longest time. It's uh, Luke McGregor and Celia Pacuola, two fantastic, two of the best comics to come out of Melbourne um, in the last few years. And uh, those guys wrote a show together. It's on the ABC, and it's a second series now. Oh, also um, guest starring Dave Quirk. I've only watched the second episode, which is when he pops up, and I'm not sure how long he's in it for. But Dave Quirk, another one of that cohort of Melbourne comics, fucking just fantastic comics all three of them um and yeah i started watching it last night i've been meaning to watch it for since it came out like a year and a bit ago and uh it's fantastic man oh it's so good it's just i don't know why it struck me as really australian these qualities but it's like very dry the pacing is kind of slow it's not quick it's not like a like you know american sitcoms kind of feel like if that makes sense. Is that a good adjective? It feels like they're, they're assaulting you, you know? They're like, because they're so desperate for you to not change channel that they're just hounding you for attention and every five seconds there's a punchline and it's just so tiring and pathetic. I, I fucking, ha like, I'm talking about shit like Three and a Half Men or Big Bang Theory, that kind of crap, you know? And... Rosehaven just felt so slow, all the joke like, slow in the best possible sense, like, all the jokes were very underplayed, and, um, just, like, real subtle little bits of humour, you know, like, just a little zing at the end of a, uh, a scene before a cut, or something like that, um, I really enjoyed it, and the show also clearly has a lot of heart, like, just the chemistry that Luke and Celia, who are, like, good mates in real life, so you can tell... You can tell that on screen and the chemistry that they have. But just the chemistry between their two characters and the way they kind of... Uh, like, the opening scene, right, um, is Celia standing there in a wedding dress and Luke standing there in... You think he's maybe the groom, but it turns out he's actually the bridesmaid and they're best friends. And uh, I think the first line was, like, how do I look? And Luke looks into her, pauses for... Looks into her? Looks inside of her body. He looks into her eyes, pauses for a beat, and says, you look ugly and you're fat something like that, and it's just like, that's a great way for friends to rib each other, and I have friends who I fuck with like that, but you can only do that with a certain few people, and so to have that on screen, it just straight away illustrated the intimacy that those two characters had, I really loved it, and, uh, and there's a lot of that throughout the show just peppered in there, you know, and just like little bits of, uh, like at one point he, uh, the two of them have a serious chat in, in a room, like, and she's about to go to bed, and then he leaves the room and turns the lights off, and she just calls after him, I'm not in bed yet, and it's like, it's so lovely, because you can tell they've had that conversation before, it's just, why am I trying to break this down, like I'm a fucking expert on television, I guess I'm trying to justify why I like the show, but I could just tell you that it's good, and you probably wouldn't watch it, maybe this is helping, I don't know, point is, I really loved it, it's a great show, and I'm, Probably going to watch episode 3 of season 1 after I record this, is how much I liked it. And I never watch shows during the day. I never even really watch shows, period. So take that as a compliment, Luke McGregor and Celia Pacuola. The great Aidan Jones of Sitting Under a Tree fame, and also 7 or 8 open mics in a week in Melbourne, sometimes, likes your show. They know who the fuck I am and where to get my opinions from if they want it. Well, that was very silly. Probably got one more one more topic in me. Oh, what was I going to talk about? I was going to do a hashtag bless, wasn't I? 
Um, no, no, no. I did want to talk about the guy. I met a guy uh, at the Australia Day, not the Australia Day, the Hottest 100 party, the day after Australia Day. I met this dude called Alistair, who was uh, real lovely, and it made me think about, like, I'm very broke, you know, and I was talking to him for a while about doing comedy, and he was asking me all these questions, and was like, I'm really sorry if I'm being boring, and I was like, oh, absolutely not, this is... I love talking about this kind of shit with people who don't know about it, you know? Because I love talking about comedy and being a comedian. Because I'm very narcissistic, and I think a lot of myself, I reckon, is probably the reason. Um, and so, he was asking me questions about, like, what it is being a comedian. I was like, you know, I've been doing it for five, six years almost. Um, and uh, he asked me, like, how I make money and what my financial situation is like. And I was like, you know, I have a job here and there, but I'm not very good at having jobs. I get fired a lot. Um, and he was like, yeah, so it must suck, like, living month to month, and I was like, oh, bro, talking about, like, week to week, sometimes day to day, like, and that, <laughs> that really, um, like, it also made me remember when I was at work the first week that I was working there, and, uh, I told them that I, I had, like, four dollars, and they were like, you don't have any savings? I was like, absolutely not, and, uh, there's a trope amongst comedians, especially when you start out and you learn, uh, not just about comedy, but what it is to be a comedian, you know, and you kind of learn the romantic mythology of being a comedian. One of the first tropes you learn is like, oh, all comedians are broke, you know? But if you start like most people do in your late teens or early 20s, I started when I was 21, like, I know I was broke, right? But I wasn't broke because I was a comedian. I used to say, like, oh, I'm broke, I'm a comedian, of course I'm broke. <laughs> but uh, I wasn't broke because I was a comedian. I was broke because I was 21. Like, every 21-year-old is fucking broke, right? You don't have a real job yet. Even if you're a tradie, you're probably just at the end of your trade. 21-year-olds just have no fucking money whatsoever, right? Um, but now, I'm, like, 27 next week, and people my age, like, this dude I was talking to, I mean, he was 32, but he's, like, bought a house now, he's, um talking about him and his girlfriend are going to build two houses on this lot, and just when I said, oh, I'm living week to week, he looked at me like I was insane. He looked at me with a mixture of fear and pity, and uh, it just made me think, like, you know, th this is a dude that I'm seeing as an equal in terms of the ages that we are, really, like, 27, 32, it's not that far apart, and uh, my life is so drastically different to his financially, and to pe most people my age, you know, have some sort of money saved up. I am now broke because I'm a comedian. And I think I'm going to wear that as a badge of pride, almost. Is that pathetic? Is that me trying to take something from a shitty situation that I've put myself in and trying to be like, I chose this, this is a decision I've made. When really I would love money, if there was money out there for me to get. I reckon even if I could find myself in a decent hospitality job, just like, if I was earning a thousand dollars a week and was happy in my job, like happy enough to just do comedy and like be okay at it but not really getting better, I, I would probably take that, I reckon. A thousand bucks a week would be enough to like do a bunch of leisure stuff, travel a bit. I wonder whether I'm single because I have no money, you know, because I can't afford to go out on the nice dates that... No, I don't think that's the case. I think I'm single because I'm a piece of shit. 
Ugh, this is getting too personal, I reckon. This is gross. I might sign off now. Wait, how long have I done? 31.42. Oh, sick. Do I cut the last part or do I not? If you wanted to hear more of that, then write in and let me know. If you didn't want to hear more of that, you probably turned off at this point. So, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening, if you're still listening. Um... Also, thanks to everyone. This is I'm a, uh, this is a dumb milestone to celebrate, but I will. This is my... Uh, I just realised I've done 10 episodes. This is my 11th episode, whatever. But I've done 10. That's pretty good. I haven't quit. I haven't given up on the pod. Um, if you've written in a few... A bunch... Well, like, I think like five or six people have written in um, just telling me that they like it and to keep doing it. Thank you so much. Uh, if you haven't written in but you want to, once again, just do whatever you want. It's your life. Don't let me pressure you into anything. Uh, that would be mean and very rude of me. But thank you so much for listening. I'm Aiden Jones. Have a good one. This has been Sitting Under a Tree. Peace.